Welcome, everyone, to what is now the third episode of the Nickel and Dime podcast. I am Tyler Eaton, joined, as always, by Harrison Valk. We are in the podcast dungeon here at Revolution 91.7. We are affiliated officially with Revolution 91.7. So a huge thank you to them for allowing us to record in studio now. We have come a long, long way from recording in Harrison's apartment, but here we are. We are now on the Anchor app. As you know, we are also on YouTube. So if you're watching this on YouTube, feel free to like and subscribe. We would really appreciate that. If you're not and you're listening somewhere, whether it be the Anchor app itself, whether it be one of the many apps that it sends you to, whether it be the TuneIn app, the number one radio app on the iPhone, Android, whatever phone you have, like and subscribe, whatever they have for you to do, follow us, whatever. Let us know that you're listening. We really appreciate all of our listeners. This week, though, we're going to talk week three of college football, including Western's very close loss to Louisville, a wild week across the board, specifically in the SEC and Big Ten for opposite reasons, and another update on Harry's Heisman hopefuls. Natalie is back with us for another edition of Natural Selection, and John Alden is joining us in studio to talk WKU football as well as the national landscape. Stay tuned later on. We're going to look into week two of the NFL season. We're going to look at the Titans' big win over the Texans. But for now, let's talk college football. Falling to FCS Maine, Western Kentucky went up to Louisville. Not a lot of expectations for the team in that game. A lot of people expected the Hilltoppers to get blown out in that one, but they go up and for most of the game, they were in the lead. They end up falling in that one, 20 to 17 to the Cardinals. Joining me now to talk about that is John Alden. John comes from Red Zone Radio. You can listen to that Sundays, 7 to 8, right, John? Yes, sir. 7 to 8 for more stuff on WKU football, volleyball, soccer. They've got it all there. But for now, he's here with us to talk football. And John, overall, I think Western, just to put it simply, they might have saved Sanford's job yeah. for, for the time being with that performance. I would say it definitely came down to the fact that they were able to get the run game going on offense against Louisville. And I don't know if that's necessarily credit to to necessarily all of WKU. I think maybe Louisville's defensive line might have some issues of its own, but I think in the long run, this is going to be a big confidence booster for the Hilltoppers, especially on offense whenever they're playing. Uh, they got Ball State this weekend. so. I mean, and the thing that a lot of people are pointing to that made the difference was Eccles was out in this one. Mm-hmm. They started Duncan, and then Davis Shanley comes in, the redshirt freshman, and he was not spectacular by any means, but it seems like with him in there, this offense is just completely different than it was before. It just opens up what they're able to do. Yes, he definitely seemed like a really good game manager, and also he was able to open up uh, more of a, a different dynamic from his offensive perspective. He was able to run the ball himself. Right. Uh, he got one rushing touchdown there in, uh, early in the second half or second quarter or something like that. Um, so it adds another dimension that they didn't have when Drew Eccles was starting. And, you know, you touched on that, and I've talked to some of the football players just, like, having conversations, and the way they put it, they were like, this dude, wasn't he wasn't that fantastic in practice. He, you know, he'd come out there, he'd miss some throws, which he did miss some throws. He had some balls that should have been picked off watching mm-hmm. the game. But they were like, this came out of nowhere. So my initial thought when this happened was, because I saw a post-game interview where um, Sanford was like, this guy is the leader that we've needed. This is the guy that we've needed out there on the field. Well, if that's the case, why hasn't he been out there on the field? And why have you had Eccles out there if this is the guy all along that you've needed? 
Well, kind of like you were saying, they didn't really know that he right. was going to come out there and do that. And now that you can see what he does in big pressure situations, I think it's safe to say that he's probably going to get the nod this weekend against Ball State. And I think it might be safe for him to hopefully be the starter for the rest of the season because he's a lot younger than Jerekles yeah. is. This is the future of this of this football team, Absolutely. especially at quarterbacks. So. And the guys that I talked to said that I said, how long is he going to start? And they said he's going to be the starter for the rest of the season. And I was like, that's great, because the offense looked a lot better with him in there. WKU, it seemed like for most of the game, was the better team. Hmm. You know, watching the game, they got the big lead, and then it seemed like play calling just reared its ugly head again. WKU was down there on the one-yard line and then ends up calling an option play, I think. That gets busted for a four-yard loss. Then they get a five-yard sack, and they go to kick a field goal, and that gets blocked. Hmm. And then Louisville comes down and scores a touchdown, and all of a sudden, it's 14-13. to And... Hmm. All the momentum is gone. So it seems like there seems to be an issue with play calling once they get down there in those pressure field situations. And I think at the end of the day, isn't that on Sanford? I would say so. Honestly, I think the game itself changed right at the end of the second quarter whenever Louisville was deep back in their own territory. Mm -hmm. They hadn't been able to get a first down in quite some time, and they were able to march all the way downfield. And it seemed like it did something to WKU's confidence. They realized a team that was supposed to be better than them was finally getting the momentum that they should have had from the very beginning. And I think we saw that continue to grow throughout the second uh, the second half, third quarter, all the way to the rest of the game and es- essentially get all the way to the 20-17 to 17 result that we saw. So. Uh, I mean, obviously, like you touched on, Louisville is a team that's thought of coming in as the better team than Western. They were favored by a lot more than the three-point margin than they won by. I think it was a 24-point spread and it could have kickoff. it could have even hit that spread if they would have caught at least three or four of them easily drop passes. That yeah, I mean Louisville did not play their best game by any stretch at all. I mean, I'm not saying that they came out there and gave us their best and we gave them our best and you know, we almost got them. It certainly was not the case at all. But the common theme between those two games is that right now it doesn't look like this Western team knows how to close out games. Mm-hmm. And it's a very young team, but at some point moving forward, you are 0-3 right now. And you can only afford to drop three more games, and you've still got some really tough teams left on the schedule. They're going to have to learn how to close out games. And another at, at the end of the day, that once again, despite how young they are, I think that comes down to Sanford instilling that mentality into them. And I think it starts this weekend with Ball State. You cannot go 0-4 to start the season. Right, absolutely not. And you have to, I think the players need just a win to get the morale back where it needs to be, where it was at the beginning of the season, back prior to the main game mm-hmm. going into the Wisconsin game. They need something to give them that boost. And And I think this weekend we're going to see a lot of what we saw against Louisville. We're going to see more of it come together because this Ball State team isn't a Louisville Cardinals team in any in any case. Right, it's not an right. ACC team. They're going to be able to get a lot more plays developing on offense. We're probably going to see a lot more scoring, hopefully. But um, <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. I think, like I said, this is the turning point for Western Kentucky this weekend. And, and you are an Indiana fan. Those that know you know that you are a diehard Indiana Hoosier fan. Indiana just beat Ball State this past yes, weekend. Sir. And I'm sure that you have a lot that you have seen from that team going into this Western game, their matchup with Ball State. So what have you seen from them that makes you think that Western might have something there that they can exploit offensively to really get the offense kicking into gear? Well, defensively, I would say their run, if they're able to do the run game like they did against Louisville, they're hopefully going to get a lot of points on the board. Mm -hmm. Indiana was able to put up over 200 rushing yards on Ball State. And if I would say Ball State's rushing defense is a lot worse than Louisville's, maybe. So if they're able to exploit like they did the Louisville Cardinals, then that could be good a good sign for Western Kentucky. So for them to win that game, you're saying that the key is to sustain this run game, continue mm-hmm. to get that going. 
I, I think they're going to be able to, especially now with Shanley in there and the create creativity that they have in the run game. Uh, what did, do you see much from their offense? You think they pose much of a threat to that Western defense that you know we touched on? We think is the strong point of this Western team. They did a really good job against Louisville. The defense I thought played pretty well, except for a few series. So, do you think this Ball State offense poses you know any particular threat to the defense? Well, Ball State's offense is actually very similar style as Western Kentucky in the sense that their quarterback Riley Neal is kind of a dual threat, but he's able to pass the ball really well. He's able to. He was their second leading rusher in the game, mm-hmm. and I think also statistically for the entire season so far. So, containing their quarterback Riley Neal, uh, I would say be the key there. If you're able to stop him, they won't be putting many points on the board. So while WKU ended up falling to Louisville, there were some teams that had a lot worse losses than that in Week Three. One of those specifically, John, being Wisconsin. Who we yes, talked sir. about WKU playing pretty well, of course, Wisconsin, the far superior team in that matchup. Wisconsin fell at home to BYU, a BYU team that had just lost at home to Cal. <laughs> so Wisconsin has fallen all the way to 18 in the AP poll. BYU jumps in at 25, which to me, I don't understand how these AP polls early season work. I mean, if it's early season and BYU just beat Wisconsin, mm-hmm. it, BYU should be ranked ahead of them, and then Cal should be ahead of BYU. Blah blah blah. You, you know the AP poll it right really, now is really polls, just a joke. I right feel now. like the polls don't even really matter. No, they don't matter the at all right ratings, now. Yeah, absolutely. They like to tease everybody every year with uh, this kind of stuff. So. We as sports fans just like to have rankings. Like we are really intrigued by mm-hmm. rank, like power rankings or positional rankings. Oh, who is me, the best we, point guard? <laughs> who is the best quarterback right now? When Indiana's doing well. I'm always looking up right. Big Ten power rankings to see what everybody else's opinion on my. Hoosiers I honestly are, so. thought that they might show up in the others receiving votes this week. I give them, really give them another week. They might have been. There. They go four and zero and beat Michigan State. Yeah, this they've weekend. got a big game this week. We'll touch on that, but you know, just looking at Wisconsin and then touching on the Big Ten. We just mentioned Indiana. The Big Ten did not have a very good week last week. In particular, the Big Ten West. Wisconsin lost to BYU. Akron went to Northwestern and beat them. Kansas beats Rutgers, and we know what Kansas is. Kansas <laughs> can't hardly beat an FCS team. In oh, fact, yeah. they lost they to, an FCS, to an, FCS an FCS team in their season opener, and they beat Rutgers bad. I mean, they beat them by about 40. I'd tell you what, Rutgers has been the Big Ten punching bag in pretty much every sport since they've come into the <laughs> that's, conference. That's so. not wrong. I mean, but to Kansas? Kansas? I, that's bad. I, <laughs> it gets worse, though. I mean, that's not even where it stops. Temple beat Maryland by three touchdowns, and Maryland started off their season by beating Texas, who just thumped USC. I mean, I, I don't understand what's going on. USF wins at Illinois. That one, I'm and not Illinois shocked Illinois was actually winning the majority of that yeah, game, Yeah, they were, too, and though. they let USF come back and win it. And then the biggest blunder, I think, of them all, Troy goes to Nebraska. Scott Frost's first season, and they beat them. I think people are a lot of jumping way too early on this Scott Frost bandwagon. I don't think he's going to be bad at Nebraska per se, but I think it's going to take a year or two for him to get what he wants implemented into his system. So I mean, they, that's still I mean that's pretty bad though. I don't mm. know if it's as bad as Brom well, going to Purdue out. and losing to <laughs> Eastern Michigan two weeks ago. Mm. Which, by the way, WKU fans that you know bring back Brom, bring back Brom. They are zero and three right now, mm-hmm. given they just lost to Missouri by a field goal, but they're not looking very good at all. So, you know, for those of you saying, ah, I, just, I wish we still had Brom. Where is Brom? The glory days are gone. <laughs> They're 0-3. They've had the same record as us, given neither are very good. But It's interesting because people thought that the year Purdue is having right now was going to be how last year was, and the success that they had last season was going to be year two. Right. And now it seems like it's a bit of a role reversal, so who knows where they're headed right now. Uh, it kind of feels like Brom comes in, gets the guys that the previous regime has, 
has pretty good luck with them. And then at WKU, he did the smart thing. He's like, I'm gone. <laughs> you know, I brought in two bad recruiting classes. I've really used up all the good guys. I'm a I'm a jump ship and take this opportunity to go up to Purdue. But I mean, that's beyond the point. The Big Ten as a whole, though, right now, not looking very good. Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, Wisconsin, those four teams were really high mm-hmm. in a lot of people's early season rankings. But right now, it looks like in terms of college football playoff, what we just we just talked about the the rankings don't matter until then. But just looking at the teams themselves, correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm I really think Ohio State right now is the only real contender that the Big Ten has. And outside of that, maybe Penn State, but Penn State looked kind of questionable in one of maybe, the early yeah. league games. But I would say right now, Ohio State easily the early favorite. I, I, Penn State barely escaped Appalachian mm. State, but they did destroy Pittsburgh. But I, but Pittsburgh has been mm. I mean, they're. They've been down for... They're not the Pittsburgh of old that was, you know, running through mm-hmm. the Big East and they come into the ACC and it feels like they beat Clemson every other year for some <laughs> reason. But they're not the same Pittsburgh team. I, I don't know. I don't know. The Big Ten did not have a good week. One other little fun fact about that Northwestern-Akron game. Do you know how long it has been since Akron has defeated a Big Ten team? How long? It was the 1800s. Oh, my gosh. 1800s. And they wow. weren't even an FBS. I mean, figures. Obviously, there was FCS back of then. Of course. But yeah, it's been wow. that long. And, I mean, you come in there... And you, I mean, this is a Northwestern team. They were ranked at the end of last season. Mm-hmm. I remember they beat UK in the bowl game. It was a top 25 team. Everybody was like, yeah, UK gets to play a top 25 team. They couldn't hang with that Northwestern team. And now they're losing to Akron. And it just makes Purdue's loss even worse, too. Yeah, I mean, Purdue lost to them in the season opener. There were huge expectations for this Purdue team mm-hmm. coming into this year. I just don't know. Now, the Big Ten... Up there at the beginning of the year, it seemed like with the SEC in terms yeah. of best conference in football, and right now it seems like that is really swayed towards the SEC. And I wouldn't even week. I wouldn't even put Big Ten in two or three probably. Really, right now. I saw a ranking. Um, and if someone has some kind of index that they use, and I think the Big Ten was fourth right now. Mm-hmm. I think that's fair. I think I think they were fourth, but the SEC I think is clearly right now mm-hmm. the number one conference in America, and the biggest game. In the SEC last week was LSU and Auburn at Jordan Hare. LSU won 22 to 21 on a last-second field goal. Last week, I closed the podcast by saying that you should not be watching for LSU to take the next step. Oh, <laughs> uh, I gotta swallow a bit on that one. Uh, but here's the thing, man. Here's the thing. I was looking at the stats afterwards, and I watched the game. I was um, producing the Western game at Commonwealth and watching that game while okay. listening to the Western game. So I, I watched it, and as I watched it, I was like, man. I'm just not impressed by either of these teams. And the number one thing that came through my head was if I took one of these teams off the field right now, the way that they're playing right now, and put them on a neutral site with Alabama, I think Bama wins by three touchdowns. And that's why I think Bama is so far ahead of the rest of the college football landscape right now. I don't think there's maybe Ohio State could contend with them. Uh, but other than that, I think Alabama at this point in time will run away with the college football playoff championship. Yeah, we'll talk about later some of the games from next week, but th- this really stood out to me. So Clemson went to Texas A&M and won by two points, right? Mm-hmm. So this week, Alabama hosts Texas A&M. And right now, the line in that game is Alabama by 26 and a half. <laughs> they, beat, they, they almost beat Clemson. They lost to Clemson by two. And Alabama is favored by almost four touchdowns to beat them. And I think it's going to be similar with every matchup they have. They're going to have a three or four touchdown line, and until somebody proves they can contend with Alabama, you're going to continue to see that. I mean, with Tua Tagovailoa in there, and I know Harrison is going to touch on him later in his Heisman hopefuls, they're completely different because Nick Saban, we we talk about this all the time, and everybody talks about it, he has never had an elite quarterback. Mm -hmm. He's had NFL quarterbacks, but that's completely different from being an elite college quarterback. 
Tua is an elite college quarterback, and it is crazy to watch them function with him in there. Yeah, I don't think they've had a Heisman candidate since Mark Ingram, am I correct? Yeah, I mean, they've had they've had some top-notch running backs, mm-hmm. and they still do. They've got two five-star running backs. The last time they've had games. a Heisman quarterback. I don't know. We'd had, I'm sure they might have had a finalist at some point, but not Back in, in the, recent memory. I can't even think of the old Was A.J. McCarron? Did he get some votes, maybe? Just, Possibly. But. I mean, he was just a really good game manager. Mm-hmm. He's not Tua Tugavailoa. Tua can win you a game by himself. He came in as a freshman and won the national championship. He's the quarterback I mean, everybody wants. Yeah, I mean, there are some really now there were really good quarterbacks this year. There are a lot of good quarterbacks in college football this year. To give Alabama a quarterback of that level with that defense and the talent that he has around him, it's just it's it's ridiculous. And uh, right now, the SEC it feels like is top heavy. It feels mm-hmm. like it's Alabama. Georgia from the East, it feels like they're clearly going to run away with that division. And right now, it feels like college football as a whole is really top-heavy. And we're going back to the AP poll as much as we love to bash it and whatever. But right now, the top six teams, Alabama 1, Georgia 2, Clemson 3, Ohio State 4, Oklahoma 5, LSU at 6. Right now, the gap between number 2 Georgia and number 6 LSU in the rankings by voters is the same as between number 6 LSU and and number seven, Stanford. And it's, it's actually less. So mm. there's a bigger gap, according to the voters, between LSU and Stanford at six and seven than Georgia at two and LSU at six. So when you look at those six teams, realistically, is there really a team outside of those six that you could see competing for a national championship or at least a playoff spot? I wouldn't say right now. I think we need to wait a few more weeks to see if those teams that are up and coming do anything, uh, any sort of damage against other good teams. But I would say right now, those six teams, that's what we got to go with. Uh, The only two that I could think of, like right off the top of my head, number one, Notre Dame, Mm -hmm. just because of their schedule. If, If they I think if they come out of their schedule with one loss, they're in. One loss or less, I think they get in just because of how tough it is. Okay. And that I, that does depend on how good USC ends up being because that game is always a big game for them strength of schedule-wise. So if USC isn't very good, that hurts them. But I think Notre Dame could get in. I don't think they're good enough right now to get in. They struggled with Ball State. Mm-hmm. They struggled with Vandy. And then the other team for me that comes to mind is West Virginia. Okay. Just because I think they're the only team that can compete with Oklahoma right now in the Big 12. I would say so. And an interesting thing about Notre Dame and them still being an independent, I think that's going to end up hurting them again, as it has in the past. And eventually, they're going to have to make a move, most likely to the ACC. But if they get snubbed a bit because they're not in a conference championship game, that's going to make a difference eventually. I I mean, feel I, like. I, they have to play four ACC teams a year, right? It's mm-hmm. four or something. I don't know why they don't schedule Clemson. I don't know why those two teams don't schedule each other. I feel like them playing each other, the loser's okay. Because it's an out-of-conference loss against a really good team. I don't know why they don't schedule each other within that, but I don't have power over that. Looking at some big games coming up this week, Florida Atlantic goes to number 16, UCF. I think that could be a sneaky good game. We know how good FAU is. Number 14, Mississippi State goes to UK. UK, hmm. I think, was fifth on the other re- others receiving votes for the top 25 this week. Of course, they beat Florida. That's gonna be. I think that's going to be a really good game. It's going to be... It's going to be the test. Three-game set of A&M, Mississippi State, and South Carolina. So if you're going to prove yourself as a top 25 team, that's how you do it. Number two, Georgia goes to Missouri. Missouri just beat Purdue, as we mentioned. They've got Drew Locke at quarterback. He can just, gosh, he can sling it. I feel like they've had Drew Locke for a very long time It feels like he's been there for a long time. But he started as a freshman. He, like, filled in as a freshman. Mm -hmm. And he came out there. He threw for, like, 500 yards one game or something. (laughs) But now he does it every game. I mean, it's not even weird. I think he's already got, like, 1,300 yards through Mm -hmm. three games. He is. He's ridiculous. 
A&M, as we mentioned, they go to Bama, the line on that one. 26 and a half between two ranked teams. A&M's ranked now. So you've got a matchup between two ranked teams. And Bama is favored by almost four touchdowns. I kind of feel like I would at least give Texas A&M a better line than 26. 26 and a half. So you would take the under. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I think still, maybe I more mean, like 17. But I mean, Ole Miss was thought to be able to come in there and hang with Alabama. And they torched them. It was not even close. And that was an Ole Miss defense that, I mean, we know how good Texas Tech is every year on offense. Mm. They held them to 27. Alabama scored, what was it, 63? Mm-hmm, something 63. on them? Like it was 63 to 7, wasn't it? <laughs> it's ridiculous. I it's mean, almost like they're playing an FCS opponent. Oh, my goodness. And people get on to them for playing them, and then they come out and they play other SEC opponents and do the same thing. They are just, they are ridiculous. TCU coming off a loss to Ohio State. They played pretty well in that game. They go to Texas coming off that big win against USC. Michigan State, 24 right now. They go to Indiana, like mm-hmm. you mentioned. That's a big game for the Hoosiers. Would probably propel them into the top 25. Number 7, Stanford, goes to 20, Oregon. And then Arizona State, who just got knocked out of the top 25 by San Diego State. They go to number 10, Washington. So out of those games, and maybe another that I didn't mention, John, which game do you think that you're looking most forward to outside of just the Indiana game, of course? I know you're really looking forward to that one. Let, let me let me see that list real fast. You wanna, you wanna look at let it? Me, let me get a quick look. Go ahead, take take a <clears> glance. <throat> Honestly, I like TCU Texas just because I think Texas is kind of getting a bit of a bounce back right now okay. with what they did with USC. And a lot of people like to doubt Texas. I know a lot of people like to make fun of Texas just because they're like, oh, Texas is back every single year when they have that good <laughs> well, three I mean, class or whatever. To those it is. people's credit, they Everyone does say Texas is back every single mm-hmm. year. I mean, it's not like they don't say that. But now you were the only one on Red Zone. I think you told me about this. You were the only one on Red Zone to pick Texas to beat beat USC. Yes, right? and not for any particular reason. Everybody <laughs> no was picking against them. I was like, well, let's just pick against. Let's pick Texas. Maybe something can happen with them. So you, you didn't actually see anything there. You were just like, yeah. Like, well, I do know they're run by Tom Herman, and I'm like, okay, their offense is eventually going to do something. And they did something. So <laughs> I, I, I think looking at those games, I really like that game. I think that's going to be a sneaky good game. I, as a born and raised UK fan, and every single year, mm-hmm. UK will win two or three or four games, and everyone's like, this is the year when we're not a basketball school anymore. Mm-hmm. I want to see this game. And trust me, it's the same way with Indiana. I, I know it is. I, it has to be. I mean, every single basketball school, it feels like, goes through the same phase. Mm-hmm. I know Duke had a good team a few years ago. They had a few good teams. Uh, are they in the top 25 right now as well in football? Duke? Who? Duke. Or are they last, last se- last, not last season, last week? They, they were at some they point were. this season they already. They might be. or they're, they're somewhere in there. I don't know. But I really want to see this game because if UK can beat Mississippi State, mm-hmm. they're in the top 25. They move up 22-21. They might be in the top 20 because Nick Fitzgerald and that crew, they are no joke. That offense can put up points. Mm-hmm. They can run the football. They're tough. They beat up pretty good on a really good Kansas State team. They beat them 31-10. to And outside of that game, they averaged 50 points a game on the season. So I'm really interested in it because we know UK is a run-citric team. Terry Wilson, Benny Snell... This is going to be the best defense and offense that they faced this year. They struggled early on with Central Michigan. Florida's offense looked atrocious in that game. It's not going to be the case in this one. If Kentucky's going to beat Mississippi State, they're going to have to play their best game, I believe. And I do want to touch on this Michigan State-Indiana game, though, because I know you know a lot about them. What do you think is going to happen in that one? Do you think Indiana... Now, I know you think they've got a realistic shot, and I do mm-hmm. too. I think they very well could beat them, especially at home. What do you think they're going to need to do to pull out that win? Well, here's my issue right now. Michigan State come off the loss against Arizona State, but they've mm-hmm. had a bye week in between that, so they're going to have a lot of extra rest. I do think Indiana's going to be riding an emotional high after these first three wins. Uh, Peyton Ramsey's looks wonderful at quarterback. Everyone's looked good. Stevie Scott, freshman running back, mm-hmm. putting up um, 
back to back 100 yard games as a freshman has never happened in program history, or at least as fast as he did it. So, right. um, if they're able to be consistent on offense, use the run game to their ability that they have so far, I think we're going to see a close game, especially if Michigan State is, is still shaky. Um, I'm not 100% sure what to expect from that. I know Brian Lorg, he's really good. LJ Scott's really good. If our D LJ line Scott can is really good, I know. That's sure. going to be the key D line yeah. containing the run game. And it's going to be for Michigan State as well. I think whoever's run game performs better is going to come out on top for sure. Well, we'll see what happens there. We'll see what happens with all of these games. Hopefully, nobody makes me look completely foolish like I did last week with LSU and Auburn. Darn you, LSU. You know, I just had to make one bold prediction, and you have to come out there and completely turn it around and smack me in the face with it. But regardless of that, John, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate you being here. If you want to hear more of John or more about WKU Sports, you can tune into Red Zone Radio on Revolution 91.7, Sunday nights, 7 7 to 8. All right. Thank you, John. Thank you. that it's now time for harry's heisman hopefuls harrison you come through every week for us with these heisman hopefuls and i know you've got five good ones for us this week so go ahead and start us off with your first heisman hopeful first up we have mr justin herbert quarterback for oregon oregon is ranked number 20 in the top 25 right now and last week against their very very successful win against the winless san jose state you don't have to plug in that san jose state is winless i mean <laughs> it was an live. easy it was an, it was an easy win for oregon that day let's just say that yeah just just let justin have okay. his numbers i mean got, God. You. got you he threw for 309 yards and three touchdowns and this season he has thrown for 840 yards and 12 touchdowns oregon plays stanford yeah next week that's yeah. gonna they're number seven and that's gonna be a huge huge pac 12 matchup to see who's gonna come up out on top and who's gonna maybe Oregon could go up higher in the top 25 if they win that game oh they definitely if they yeah. win that game they're top 15 definitely, no doubt definitely I think a Mr. Matthew Hargrove would be very happy <laughs> yeah he yeah. would be another very, red zone kid very very big uh Oregon fan mm-hmm. as well he picked them to win this week as well uh, of course he did yep what I mean yep. what else would you expect from an Oregon fan picking the Oregon game yeah definitely definitely next uh, I believe he is actually the only new one I have so everybody else is pretty old as some people that I've mentioned already uh some include Kyler Murray, he's the quarterback for Oklahoma, and he was against uh, Iowa State this game and uh, Iowa State this week. That was a very, very interesting game. It was. It was to a watch. really good I game. I did not expect Ohio, uh, Iowa State to score. I keep saying Iowa, Idaho, or whatever. <laughs> these I State game, these I these states that start with the letter I. There's so much of them. They're all in the same area on the map. It's just confusing. But Iowa State. They put up a really, really good game against Oklahoma. I was, I was pretty impressed. They always play well yeah. at home against those really, those really top Big Twelve teams. Specifically, it seems to be like Oklahoma. Whenever Oklahoma goes there to play, Iowa State always seems to play their best football game of the season. Yeah, they do. They do. And Kyler Murray continued to do well. He threw for 348 passing yards and three touchdowns uh, to help Oklahoma uh, win that game against Iowa State. And this season, he has 863 passing yards and eight touchdowns and we got uh three more on the list also quarterbacks Tua Tagovail you're getting closer Tua Tagovail I'm just gonna call him Tua at this point I don't want to make him upset by mispronouncing his hey, name just say Tua time. just Tua yeah, everybody Tua. knows who he is by Tua. now yep yep quarterback for Alabama completed 11 to 15 passes against their very very successful win against Ole Miss don't understand why people were thinking Ole Miss were go- was going to win 
but he threw for 191 passing yards and two touchdowns against Ole Miss. The rest of the very explosive Bama offense took care of the other touchdowns. And he in the, for this season, he has thrown for 646 passing yards and completed eight touchdowns this season. And they play Texas A&M next, which should be another interesting game. It should be a good game. It's not supposed to be a good game, as me and John talked about. I no. think it'll be decently close, but I... I actually, if I had to pick between the under or the over on that super huge, almost four touchdown spread, I would actually take the over. Yeah. I, yeah. I actually would. I just, this Bama team is so complete and so it good. Is. That's that's a story for another day. And it's yeah. all because right now of Tua Tagovailoa. Yes. Yes, it is. And we are going to see a lot more of him this season. And then we have Dwayne Haskins, quarterback for Ohio State, which was another very good game. Th- th- that was. Week. That yeah. TCU-Ohio State game was very good. That was very good. I was not expecting that. from. I, I thought TCU was going to win. Really? Honestly. Yeah. Really? I don't well, know about that yeah. one. Okay, well, anyway. He threw for 344 passing yards, two touchdowns, has thrown for 890 passing yards, and 11 touchdowns this season, which is very similar to Justin Herbert's. Very similar. Very, very similar yes. players, both guys that can throw and run. Both guys have a lot of dynamic playmakers around them. Dwayne Haskins has been very good this season. It's kind of a question mark for them as to whether or not he'd be able to come in there and play super well. And so far, he's done an excellent job, especially not even having Urban Meyer there these first three games. Yeah, he's been definitely. really good, and he's certainly earned his spot there. Definitely, and Urban Meyer will be back soon, too. So He's be back inter- this next week. Yeah, yeah. He's and back. He, yeah, he's back now, and it'll be interesting to see how he wants Dwayne Haskins to plug into that Ohio State offense so they can continue to win these games and so they can continue to... Dwayne Haskins can continue to bump up his stats. Last, but definitely not least, is Will Greer, quarterback for West Virginia. Is that his introduction every time that you do Will Greer? Last but definitely not least. Well, yes, I'm pretty yes. sure that you've done that every time. For I, I know, I know, I know. But def- but that's good though. I mean, yeah. that's just consistency. Yes, you know? yes, it's consistency. I I don't know why I always mention him last. Hopefully, <laughs> I mention him first next time because unfortunately this weekend he did not play. His game was canceled. He has 761 passing yards and nine touchdowns this season. And he, him and the rest of the Mountaineers will play Kansas State. All quarterbacks for Harry's Heisman hopefuls. Hopefully next week we'll have some running backs and some more defensive tackles in there. I would like to see some. Definitely going to continue to look into Jonathan Taylor and uh, Eric Oliver. That's his name, right? Ed. Ed. (laughs) You are the name master. Yes. Between Ed Oliver, Tua Tagovailoa, Bilal Powell. I mean, you are just on these names and last but not least will greer and last but not least will greer (laughs) thank you so much harrison for always doing such a good job with your heisman hopefuls Just like last week, it is time for the contradiction of the century. We go from Harrison, who really knows his football stuff, to this segment called Natural Selection, where our returning guest, Natalie Turner, will pick the games based strictly off of the mascots. And Natalie, last week, you went four and one. I've got a good I've got a good record. You went four and one. So this week we brought you back with the chance to now go maybe undefeated. You feeling it? You Uh, think you can do it? Man, I don't know. Let's see what we got. All right, all right. Game number one for you. The Notre Dame Fighting Irish versus the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. 
Whoa, dude. Okay. I 100% picked this game because I know that you would enjoy analyzing all it. All right, all right. So Irish, they're not Scottish, so they are automatically at a disadvantage. <laughs> um, deacons, that's usually Catholic, right? Like, yes. I, I say this as somebody who was raised Catholic. I'm just not certain all the time. So they're... They're what, demon deacons? It's a little bit of a contradiction, kind yeah. of like you coming after Harrison and everything. See, yeah. That that kind of says to me that they have both the power of God and anime. I mean, uh, demons on their sides. So. And anime, yeah. <laughs> They've <laughs> so, got God and the anime. Personally, I think I'm going to have to go with the demon deacons on this because, I mean, Irish, they're, they're pretty tough and they can drink a lot. So now this one a little, that one was pretty quirky. This one's just pretty weird. Neither of these are really like straight up traditional mascots at all. So this is completely up to your imagination to go where you want with this. Okay. The North Texas Mean Green versus the Liberty Flames. I think fire in this case, I mean, usually beats grass type Pokemon. So I think I'm going to have to go <laughs> with the, the Liberty, <laughs> Liberty Flames or whatever they are. I, I cannot agree more. From that perspective, <laughs> at least, I couldn't agree more. Now... This one is, this one's just out there. The Stanford Cardinal, which for perspective, it's not the bird, a cardinal. It's a tree. It's just a tree. Oh, see, I thought you were going to say another Catholic. No, 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 no. No more Catholic references. <laughs> the Stanford Cardinal, their mascot is a tree okay. versus the Oregon Ducks. So basically hmm. a pack of ducks versus a tree. Well, this is, uh, this is tough because honestly, I don't particularly feel like either one is super aggressive. <laughs> I don't really feel like either one You don't one feel has... like trees are that aggressive? <laughs> Not really. I mean, some of them are. It, it just depends. You know, like those aggressively smelly trees? Like yeah. The, mm -hmm. But I don't think a cardinal is supposed to be smelly. Um, but I will say, I don't really, unless you have, I mean, how many players are on a football team? A lot. Like you have 85 on scholarship. That's really not that many if you think of them as ducks. If you think of them as ducks, then I guess not. I mean, you can the ducks can poop on a tree. <laughs> the ducks can bite on a tree. Wait, them pooping on the tree, doesn't that help the tree? That's what I'm saying. Okay. I don't think there's anything they could do that would really be that detrimental to a tree. So I'm going with the cardinals. Okay, okay. Now this one, two animals. This one more of a traditional matchup. The Miami of Ohio Redhawks versus the Bowling Green of Ohio Falcons. What color is the falcon? Their team color is orange, so I'm, okay. I'm going to go with that, orange and brown, well, something as, like that. As we all learned in kindergarten, there are three primary colors, and they are yellow, blue, and red. And I think if they're the primary colors, that makes them stronger than non-primary colors. So I'm going to have to go with the red red hawks. So, so far, you've gone to primary colors and Pokemon to help you pick these games. <laughs> My expertise, what can I say? Okay. Um, I, I think I'm going to go red hawks because I like the color red. Okay, and this last one is a chance at redemption for you. We have brought back the Coastal Carolina Chanticleers, which for those of you that listened last week, you know that these are the fairy roosters okay. going up against the Louisiana Lafayette Ragin' Cajuns, which is basically, to sum up, they are just angry folks from the bayou. I love that description, angry folks from the bayou. And in real life, I would not be be like messing with an angry person from the bayou because I believe that they have knowledge that I don't. But you know who else has knowledge that I don't? The people, fairy roosters? People who are arcane. And clearly I underestimated the power of the arcane <laughs> last time. So I'm going to go with the Chanticleers. You have the Chanticleers in a revenge matchup for you. 
you think they're gonna pull through for you this time they better either that or i'm like they they're, better. Gonna, they're gonna like hex me because uh-huh. i doubted them in the first place so <laughs> so it's it, well, every week it's just gonna come down to the chanticleers completely throwing everything off for you i guess it could be they might they might have thrown every single match but <laughs> off. you know we never know so natalie four and one last week we'll see how she does this week Thank you once again for joining me, Natalie. If you want to hear more from us, just a quick shameless plug. We are on Revolution 91.7 every Monday, 6 to 9 in the a.m. with the Must Be a Morning Show. It is just as wacky as this segment. Oh, yeah. But it's it's possibly even less logical. (laughs) Somehow even less logical than this. But, Natalie, thank you so much for joining us again. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. A big thanks to Natalie for joining us once again for Natural Selection. Four and one last week. Hopefully she can pull out some similar success this week. But now it's time to move on from college football, the amateur side of football, to the pro side. Let's talk some NFL. It is time for us to talk about the NFL. A big week in the NFL last week. Of course, every week's a big week in the NFL, but it was just an amazing week of football. A lot of close games. Another tie between the Packers and the Vikings. There were some more video game numbers put up. We'll talk about that. Harrison's Super Bowl pick, Raiders remain winless they really are trying they're trying to do to you what lsu did to me you are okay well i guess we'll i guess we'll get into that later talk more we can talk i guess we'll get into that later but for now the big storyline of the week for tennessee titans fans mike vrabel gets his first win as head coach of the titans they beat a, a houston texans team that honestly harrison i i didn't see the titans being able to compete with especially this early on in the season after that loss to the dolphins no definitely not and i mean the texans do have deshaun watson they have deandre hawkins and jj a Watt, but i did I, I feel like the tight they definitely put up a good fight against the titans this the, this weekend and i feel like after after the performance that we saw on sunday i don't think, think the titans really have to worry more about the Texans. I think that it's good that they won. It's great that they won. Right. It was a very close game, but I feel like they need to worry more about the Jaguars this I, I mean, the Jaguars are the favorite in the division. I, oh, yeah. Oh, I yeah. still don't know about this Titans team. I mean, when you look at the numbers, of course, the numbers are just numbers. The Who wins is what matters. You know, the yeah. only numbers yeah. that matter are the scoreboard. Yeah. You know? I mean, yeah. But the Titans were outgained 437 to 283 in this one. I mean, that's not very good. And of course, you do have Blaine Gabbard in there at quarterback, and there's only so much you can expect from them. You know, that they, they really ended up winning the game. You look back at it because of a trick play on a punt that they ended yeah. up throwing for a touchdown. Kevin Bayard was the best quarterback on the team in this game. I mean, yeah, yeah. But I, I just don't know. Yeah, the defense yeah. really didn't look that good. It, it didn't. They held the Texans to 17 points, mm-hmm. but they really should have scored a lot more. The biggest plus, I think, that you can take away from this one, especially with Gabbard in there at quarterback, Harrison, is the fact that regardless of who was gaining more yards and you know how good the Texas offense was able to come out there and attack this Titans defense, the Titans offense did a really good job of staying out there on the field and sustaining drives to keep that Texans offense on the sideline. Yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, Blaine Gabbard didn't do 
as bad. He didn't score. He had, his his passing yards weren't as high as no, like, they some people no. anticipated. He I did don't throw think, a touchdown. He I mean, you touchdown. really don't expect much yeah. from Blaine Gabbert coming no. in there at quarterback. He came in there. His job is not to lose. No, I no. guess from that standpoint, it was a success. Yeah, definitely. But I would say so. Yeah. Moving forward, if they really want to compete, not just for the division, which I really. That Jaguars team is on another level. They yeah, came out they there. Are. They proved it against the Patriots. Did, did they you see, played fantastic. Did you see that one arm catch from that one receiver on the Jaguars? Yeah, did Keely, yeah, Keely yeah. Cole. He is yeah. he's a baller. Yeah. He, yeah. I, walked on to Kentucky Wesleyan. And yeah. Now, yeah. Now in the NFL. Went undrafted. Yeah. From a that's, D2 that's school in Owensboro. I've got a friend that plays for Kentucky Wesleyan. Shout out to the Panthers. I think you're the Panthers. Shout out to the Panthers. They're winless this season. We know how it feels. We're right there with you. Anyways. <laughs> and now you got an NFL star who's probably. Yeah, now you yeah, got an NFL yeah. star. So, I mean, for the hey, Jacksonville Jaguars. Anything can happen. But yeah, uh, very true. I mean, that Jaguars team, it just feels like it's above everybody else in the division. But for one game, at least, it seemed like the Titans could at least maybe get in there and compete for the wild card. I mean, the secondary didn't look great. The pass rush is still not there. No. The pass rush is an issue that needs to be fixed. Harold Landry does not seem to be the solution. Given he might not be 100% right now, I don't know what it, I don't know what the issue is, but the pass rush didn't look very good at all. Watson had all day to sit back there and throw and was picking apart the secondary because of it. Adoree Jackson, though, first career interception. He came up big. Taewon Taylor scores a touchdown. You yes, mentioned him. I you said that, that he touchdown. would need to be more involved in the offense. I he saw was. that touchdown, yeah. He ended yeah. up scoring a touchdown. Whoever is at quarterback, whether it be Gabbert, whether Mariota comes back and he plays next week, mm -hmm. because they've got Jacksonville next week. Yes, You want to see where you are. You I go am, to Jacksonville next week. I am, I am looking at these upcoming games right now, and it's funny that we were talking about Jacksonville because the next time they, they play the Jacksonville next week, and after that they had the former Super Bowl champs, the Philadelphia Eagles, yep. who had a very interesting weekend against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Let's not talk about the Buccaneers. We'll, okay. we'll go into that. We'll I don't, I don't, ah. And then after that they have the Bills, who... I mean, they're kind of the bills are the bills. Let's yeah, you the don't even, are the bills, bills are going to have the yeah. number one pick yeah. in the draft. The only thing that happened, with, the only thing that happened with them is that they had a cornerback return re retire at halftime. Yeah, <laughs> you know what? Listen, listen here. Let, let's get this straight right now. Let's go ahead and talk about that. Okay. If I was on the Bills, okay, and I had been in the NFL for ten plus years or however long that Vontae Davis has played, he's he's was really good in his prime. Yeah, he he's was, no yeah. longer in his prime. He's had no, a lot of injuries. No, 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 no. If I'm Vontae Davis and I've been in the NFL for as long as I have, and I know it, that in my prime. I was really good, and now I'm battling injuries. I'm just out here. I'm, I might leave, too. I, yeah, mean, I heck, would, too. Teams I would too. have yeah. the right to cut players at any point in time without giving them an upfront notice, any kind of fallback plan. You can just cut a guy, or you can say, hey, you're no longer on our main roster. You're on the practice squad. He has all right to do that. Yeah, he does. It, uh, and I think he's just tired of how the Bills have been the past I 10 mean, years. would you want to play for the Bills? <laughs> no. Would you want to play I mean, for this the, Bills team? Unless like the Bills end, like randomly go to like the Super Bowl or something, or like the playoffs, then yes, I would want to play for them. But as of right now, no. No, I mean, still, no. Something it's different depending on the situation yeah. of who the player is. But if you're Vontae Davis... I'm not. I'm not I saying 100 percent agree you. with him, but like you, I mean, I don't blame him. He's got no. the right to do it. No, Titans should win that game though, and that's the, the Titans that's should at, win that game. Yeah, absolutely, that's at, Buff that's at Buffalo too. And it doesn't after, matter where it is. Well, there is no okay. home field advantage when you're the Buffalo Bills. It's there's not one I'm unless sorry. It, unless it's snowing. If you're a Bills fan, I'm I'm sorry. Honestly, <laughs> I'm not sorry for what I said. I'm sorry for what you're having to go through this season and what you've had to go through the past I, two seasons. I was gonna say I'm sorry what Bills fans have had to go through the past ten seasons. Yeah, I, I don't mean, remember the last time they were good. I have so. no apology for what I just said because I mean it's true. Yeah. Uh, it, it's true. They're yeah. really bad. They're gonna have the number one pick in the draft. I apologize if you're a Bills fan that you've had to go through this. Similarly, similarly to Browns fans, like if you're a Browns fan, I'm sorry. 
your team is very bad at just winning games. I think they're going to win this Thursday. That's my, you know what? That's my new hot take. That's my Auburn LSU take right there. Mm-hmm. Talk about it next week, and we will find out. No, they're going to. Yeah. I, I got this. They're going to beat the Jets. They almost beat the Saints. Over they the almost weekend. beat the they're Saints. Three points away. They tied yeah. the Steelers. I think they're going to beat the Jets. Just that's my little bold prediction yeah. for the week. So looking at some other stuff that went on in the NFL last week. I hate to admit this, and I, I'm really not going to admit anything. I'm just basically going to read the numbers. But right now, there are two quarterbacks, Harrison, that are lighting the NFL on fire. One is your favorite. It's just start. No, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. One at at the beginning part of their career. One towards the twilight of their career. Given his twilight should have been a long time ago. I don't even know how he's still in the league. And, and since you want to call him my favorite, we'll start with him. Okay. Ryan Fitzpatrick, Harrison. Quarterback for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, yeah. The average person would not have been able to tell you that before the season. The average average NFL fan wouldn't have known that. No. Ryan Fitzpatrick right now, Harrison, is on pace to shatter, and I mean obliterate, the previous mark for passer rating in a single season. You want to know how high it is? How high? His passer rating right now? Tell me, tell me. 151.5. Aaron oh Rodgers has the old record at 122.5. That's, That's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. First of all, it's unsustainable. It's totally unsustainable. Nobody could sustain it. I don't care if Tom Brady had that kind of rating. Totally unsustainable. But Ryan Fitzpatrick, Harrison, of all through two games this season, both opponents that he's gone up against, the Saints and the Eagles, he has thrown for over 400 yards and four touchdowns in each game. That is insane, first of all, for any quarterback. Then you throw in that it's been on a 78.7 completion percentage. So every five times he throws the football, four times somebody has caught it. He has been insane so far this season. Like I said, he is on pace to completely smash the old quarterback rating for one season record. And that blows my mind. If you are the Eagles, the Philadelphia Eagles, you just won the Super Bowl. And you come out here in week two, and you get dominated by Ryan Fitzpatrick. Ryan Fitzpatrick. You know, Tyler, I think just to make everything work out, I think you just need to put Ryan Fitzpatrick on your fantasy team. Maybe that will calm your nerves down or something. I don't want to talk about my fantasy team right now. Okay? (laughs) We'll talk about that later, and I know why you're bringing it up. But, But seriously, you go to week one. The Saints, the NFC South favorites by far. Yeah. A lot of people picking them as a trendy Super Bowl pick. They're probably not going to be the the favorite anymore after them almost losing to the Browns yeah. this weekend. Yeah. But you come out week one, and you give up 42 points to an offense led by Ryan Fitzpatrick. Let me just give you guys a little reminder of who Ryan Fitzpatrick is. He's an interception machine. Yeah, he is. He is. I mean, nobody knows where this is coming from. This isn't like Kerry Collins with the Titans and Chris Johnson because Kerry Collins didn't carry that team. That was all Chris Johnson. This is totally different. This is Ryan Fitzpatrick coming in for some reason to Dirk Cutter's offense. He's got weapons, granted. He's got Mike Evans, Deshaun Jackson, O.J. Howard, and just flipping the world upside down, flipping his career upside down, Harrison. Do you have an explanation? Because I've got nothing. I got nothing. Unless he's just suddenly gotten super, super good with the Buccaneers or so. I I don't know because I've seen, like, he is an interception machine, machine as we have seen him in the past and everything. I don't know. 
I, I honestly don't know. I mean, I'd like to go, I'd like to watch a video on like the in depth of what goes on during the Buccaneers practice or like the training camp. What or kind something. of secret you, they're what, giving him Michael's secret stuff from what, Space Jam. What, what is the secret formula? What is going on? Now, listen, this happened <laughs> once for him. It's happened once before. In 2015 with the Jets, he threw for 31 touchdowns, had 15 interceptions, almost threw for 4,000 yards, but that does not even compare to this. His passer rating that year was 88. Right now, it's 100. 51.5. I, I don't think it's him as much so as the Saints and Eagles, I think, have some serious issues to fix on defense. The Saints almost just lost to the Browns. Yeah, they did. If you're yeah. telling me you almost lose to the Browns and you don't have some kind of issues, you do. You do have some issues. The Eagles very clearly have some issues. Yeah, they do. And they're also getting Carson Wentz back this week. They're getting Carson Wentz back. He's going to he's gonna fix a lot of that. Yeah, But they play is. the Colts yeah. this week, and that's an offense that's no joke either with Andrew Luck back. No, no They've got some issues. Not. They've got some issues. I'm just saying, Ryan Fitzpatrick, I, I don't know. I want to think that it's all a fluke, and within three or four weeks, this will all just even out. It'll kind of be like Alex Smith at the beginning of last season when mm-hmm. everyone thought he was going to win MVP, and it just kind of evened out. No, no. That's what I want to think right. would happen. But I don't know. I mean, it, this is unprecedented for me. I've never seen anything like this. Just a guy who, for his entire career, you look back at some of his past seasons, 14 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. 12 touchdowns, 17 interceptions. The last time he was a full-time starter. Notice how the in just those first two games, and it's probably the same way in his other stats. Notice how the number of touchdowns he has are the are, are kind of similar to the number of interceptions. Yeah, he usually has. He, usually it is. But That's, this season, yeah. eight touchdowns and one interception, one interception to his eight touchdowns, on pace to break the passer rating record by thirty points. You know what? It happens. I guess it's I, I, that's the best way I can put it. It yeah, happens. Yeah, and we will see. I'm gonna see. Monday Night Football. I know who they play. I know who they play. Yeah. I know who they play. I circled this game as one that I wanted to see, and here's why. Because last week, the Steelers played the Chiefs, and that's the second guy I want to talk about. Patrick Mahomes. My goodness. Six touchdown passes against that Steelers defense, which, you know, just to go ahead and put an asterisk on that, that defense is terrible. That defense is just sad, okay? It's pitiful. Now, Partially due to the fact that Ryan Shazier is unfortunately, very unfortunately, you know, unable to play. Super talented guy. All the best wishes to him. That defense is bad. Yeah, it's, it's bad. Not, it's not we're, we're not used. It's not the James Harrison and Lamar no. Woodley that we're always used to. It's something. It's it's different. I, I'm I'm kind of worried. I, I I don't know what to expect from the Steelers. This I don't. Even, they, I mean, they, they are having a lot Browns. of turmoil right there, now. There's with, definitely definitely some stuff going on. And I also saw this on Sports Center today. Well, we we know that Le'Veon Bell was out. There's the Le'Veon Bell situation now. And Antonio, Antonio, Antonio Brown, Brown is you knew what you read people. my mind. You read yeah. my mind. Yeah, he's telling yeah. people. Somebody tweeted at him something about Big Ben, and he said, "Hey, trade me and let's see." I mean, hey, I think he's done with this. Yeah, it's from that comment. He's, and it we like he's we done know from reports that we've heard about this that he is on Le'Veon's side in yes, this whole contract he dispute. Yeah. He is on Le'Veon's side. So if you're the Steelers, this is a very very fragile situation. One thing could bust it all open if it's not already reached that point. We don't know what's going on in the locker room. We don't know what's going no, on internally. No. It could have already gone past that point. Yeah, it could have something to do with Mike Tomlin, too. It could. Yeah, because I think uh, I think Antonio Brown mentioned him or something. I, 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 I would have to look at the quote again. I don't know, but they, they've got a tough matchup this week with the Chiefs. Mahomes, though, threw for six touchdowns against the Steelers. Fantasy six. Pl- fantasy players Set the happy. new NFL record. New NFL record. For most we're passing, talk, yeah. passing touchdowns through two games with, with ten. 10. We're talking about <laughs> Fitzpatrick possibly breaking the quarterback rating record. Mahomes right now, 
his passer rating would break the record. He's got 143.3 passer rating. That's ridiculous. Two guys right now on pace to smash the record. Neither of them coming into the season. Would also, you expect to do it? Also has 20 points higher than A-Rod's record for a season. Yeah, I mean, it's ridiculous. It's Chiefs, ridiculous. Fan, Chiefs fans must be very happy right now. I mean, what yeah. else would they be? No, no. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What else would they be? That Chiefs-Steelers game is one of the big games. This Or Chiefs... Wait, Steelers-Buccaneers. Steelers-Buccaneers game. A big game to look forward to this week. I Good mean, old Monday night. As hot as Fitzpatrick has been. I mean, he's setting the world on fire coming out there into Sean Jackson's clothes and everything. Looking like a hot shot. I mean, dang, dude. If Mahomes could torch that defense and... You look at how well Fitzpatrick has played. He might throw for another 400 just to make me come out here and say all the same stuff again. Yeah. He, yeah. I think what's going to happen is that there's going to reach a point where eventually I say, okay, okay, Ryan Fitzpatrick, I believe. I believe in the Fitz magic. And then he's going to go out there and throw six interceptions. That's what's going to happen. Other games, though, Jets at Browns Thursday night football. Like I mentioned, I think the Browns can get their first win of the se- season. Bengals play the Panthers in Carolina. Titans go to the Jaguars. We talked about that. 49ers play the Chiefs this week. That'll be a good game. And then the Chargers and the Rams have a battle of Los Angeles. I mean, this this is the game that I've got picked as the Super Bowl matchup. Right. Chargers and Rams. And I've got the Rams winning that game. The Chargers looked a lot better last week. Of course, it was against the Bills. I could go out there and play quarterback against the Bills and look pretty good. I'm really interested in seeing the 49ers and the Chiefs. A lot of these games I really want to see. But that Chargers-Rams game, I think, is going to be the game of the week, bar none. And this is where I really find out if my pick was solid because this Chargers defense looked really bad against the Chiefs. But now we know Patrick Mahomes makes any defense look bad, it seems like. The combination of him with Andy Reid, who is an offensive mastermind, I mean... Well, yeah, I think it's going to be another really good week of NFL football. I do, too. I do, too. And I, li- I like what these games that you have picked out. Obviously, there's some other. Every, every week is something to look forward to in, when it comes to the NFL. So with that, we'll move on from the NFL. And Harrison's been bugging me about my fantasy team. He's really getting into me on that. And you'll figure <laughs> out why right after this. We'll talk fantasy football. Okay, so now it's time for you all to figure out why it is that Harrison has been bugging me so much about my fantasy team. <laughs> Quite simply, Harrison, we uh, we matched up this week, didn't we, in fantasy? And uh, who won? Well, you did. Harrison, <laughs> uh, Harrison beat me, and I'm not very happy about it at all. You're gonna figure out why right now, actually. Uh, so basically, it came down to the the Sunday night football game between the Giants and the Cowboys. I was mm-hmm. down by 15. It was about 17, somewhere in there. And I'm like, okay, I've got OBJ left. This dude has got this. This Cowboys secondary is terrible. They've been terrible for a while now. They just don't have anybody back there. And OBJ comes out there and puts up a solid nine points. Nine. Bilal Powell, by himself, had 19. I have Bilal Powell, too. Yeah, Yeah, he had 19. Yeah, Yeah, he outscored David Johnson and Odell Beckham Jr. Six yards, David Johnson. He, he tried it. He ran for 48 yards. He had six points. And uh, this all comes down to this. I watched that Giants-Cowboys game, okay? Mm-hmm. I watched it, and I was really getting into it. I was cheering so hard for Odell Beckham Jr. and the Giants. 
And at this point, I can tell you, I am now a fan of every team that the Giants play for the rest of the season. <laughs> I am just anti-Giants. Here's why. Here's Including why. three of the, the other three teams in the NFC. Yes, I am an, I am yeah. an NFC East fan, Sands Giants. Okay, here's why. I watched that game. The Giants were down 20-3 to in that game with five minutes left. They've got the ball, right? Mm-hmm. I watched them waste four minutes driving down the field, dinking it, dunking it. Oh, Saquon Barkley's open three yards from the line of scrimmage? Sure. Just dump it off to him, Eli. You got him. And then you've got, oh, there's Evan Ingram five yards on a drag route. I'll give it to him. Just wasting the clock. Down 17 points. OBJ is the best dink and dunk receiver in football. Why? 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 Why do you think they paid him? Made him the highest paid. He is receiver, the highest right? paid yeah. receiver in football. You're down by it, 17 points, and it, you're not going to throw him the ball. It, it did not look like that on Sunday night. I can tell you that. Saquon Barkley, Harrison, 14 catches for 80 yards. OBJ four catches for 51. OBJ had four catches. If you're an offensive coordinator, or the play caller in this case, who is the head coach Pat Shermer for the Giants and you can't get OBJ the ball more than four times, and you are paying him more than any other wide receiver in the NFL, and you get him the ball four times in a game where you're trailing the entire game, you're doing something wrong. You're doing something wrong, or Eli Manning's doing something wrong. First it was Fitzpatrick, and now it's the Giants. And It's, it's, a, it's a weekly thing. Yeah, Somebody no, I gets know, the I ire. I, I'm very... Of my fantasy. I, I am also disappointed from the, from the Giants as well. I didn't watch that game, but when I got back home... It was halftime, and I think the Cowboys were winning like fourteen to three, or like twenty-one to nothing, or something like that. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. that's not like that's not normal. I I, I don't I, I haven't seen that from the Cowboys against the Giants, really. I mean, what? No, what? the Cowboys aren't very good this year. No, the Giants not, not, are just no. worse. Lot, lot, there are a lot of teams that aren't good this year that we were thinking were going to be good, but yeah. apparently they're just not. It's just not. A very, it's just been a very. Apparently, rocky start. this is the kind of year when Ryan Fitzpatrick is going to come out and win the MVP. Is that how this is going to be NFL? Is that the kind of season we're in for? I feel like this is rigged. Someone has planned this. Do you remember his Someone press conference, has too? Planned, like, yeah, he comes out there in Deshaun Jackson's clothes. Someone planned all this. Anyways, anyways. Giants, I'm very disappointed in you, LBJ. I'm, I'm, I'm okay. It's not your fault. I can't blame you for not getting targets. This week, though, fantasy roll of the dice. These guys, though. These guys are locks. If I may say, back in uh, fantasy football, you also did not have any players on your bench. Maybe my my entire <laughs> bench is injured. You know, I just start the guys that I have. This week, I got two guys that are coming back. Whatever. Okay. Okay. I got oh, two guys oh, that are injured. I can't okay. do anything about guys that are you, injured. You will win the next round, whoever you play. Yeah, I got Carson round. Wentz and Alshon Jeffrey stashed. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, okay, another thing. Speaking of my fantasy roll of the dice this week, I, I thought I had a pretty good week last week. I had Philip Rivers in as the quarterback. He did great. My wide receiver was Josh Gordon. He got cut before the game. I mean, come on. Now he's for the Patriots. And now the page Tom Brady has a ton of options on his offense, like six different options. Yeah, imagine having Gronkowski and then you've got Josh Gordon and then you've got Julian Edelman coming back soon. Yeah, that too. That too. Oh, whatever. So they don't need any more wide receivers or tight ends. They got got it all. They they will be just fine. The the Jaguars game might have just scared the AFC a little bit, but. The I mean, Patriots I think, are still gonna I, I think okay. Brady's going to just continue throwing the ball to Gronk unless they can figure out to do, uh, what to do with Josh. Gordon. Oh, they'll figure it know. out. Yeah, Bill they Belichick. Will. They will. If anyone's going to figure he it out, the lo- he is the longest running head coach for any team in the NFL. And there's a He's reason. Been, yeah, exactly. He's the best exactly. head coach exactly. in the NFL. It's not even close. Yeah. He's the best head coach yeah. in the NFL. Definitely, definitely. Anyways, my quarterback for this week. Last week I said it was Phillip Rivers. He was playing the Bills. This week, I could say Ryan Fitzpatrick against the Steelers, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to say Kirk Cousins. And you know why, Harrison? One reason. They play the Bills. That's it. 
my entire reasoning. Some people will start the team on defense as playing the Browns. That was a trend last year. This year, whatever quarterback is playing the Bills is a good play. This week, it's Kirk Cousins. And I am a little biased. I start Kirk Cousins. He is my starter. Like I said, I stand up for my fantasy guys. I'd say Kirk Cousins is pretty underrated. He is. He's yeah, the most yeah. underrated quarterback in the NFL. Yeah, I will tell definitely. anybody that any day. But last week, Phillip Rivers, he scored 22.7 against Buffalo. The defense is terrible. They Now they don't have Vontae Davis. So nope, nope. there's no way to go but down from there. Cousins, Cousins, he just threw for four touchdowns and 400 yards. And that was against the Packers in that tie. So I see him having another big week out of the quarterback spot. At running back, I've got Deion Lewis from the Titans. And it's, it's really hard for me to say that just because the Titans running backs are really inconsistent, but it seemed like in that game against the Texans, he established himself as the number one running back for the Titans. And not only is he the lead running back, he is out there on third down in pass catching situations. And last week, James White had seven catches for like 70 something yards against the Jaguars defense. That's a weakness of theirs. I think he's going to be able to expose it. I hope, I hope your guy Taewon doesn't steal too many catches from him. I hope. Let's hope so. Let's hope so. I'll I hope. keep an eye on it. I hope yeah. for the sake of my integrity. Yeah. I do have Jack Doyle picks. on my fantasy team, but I don't have Taewon Taylor. But I still keep on watch on Taewon Taylor. I know, I know so. you love your Western yeah. alum. Yeah. I, I do too. We yeah. all do. All of yeah. us. Yeah, know. definitely. I like and, to see how they do, you know? Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. My wide receiver now is not Taewon Taylor. I can say that. It's not anybody from the Titans. Marquise Goodwin of the San Francisco 49ers versus the Chiefs I've got. The reason for that being this Chiefs defense, as good as the offense has been, Mahomes has been fantastic. Tyree Kill's been fantastic. Kareem Hunt's been awesome. Travis Kelsey, great. That defense is equally as bad. It has been pretty atrocious. That last week against the Steelers, between Juju Smith-Schuster and Antonio Brown, those two, Harrison, 46.8 mm-hmm. fantasy points between those two. 46.8. So I think Marquise Goodwin is going to get his share of those points. Probably score a touchdown as well because the 49ers and Jimmy G are gonna have to score to keep up with the Chiefs and try to give them chance try to give themselves a chance at this game. Definitely. definitely. So I have got Marquise Goodwin at the receiver. And then my extra flex player is Giovanni Bernard of the Bengals. Normally the backup running back, Joe Mixon, out this week. So Giovanni Bernard is in in their game against the Panthers. He scored 8.2 points last week, filling in for G or filling in for Joe Mixon. And then this is a Panthers defense that just gave up 100 yards to Tevin Coleman, who is normally a backup running back for the Falcons as well. So I think Gio is going to be in for a big week for the Bengals. That's it for our fantasy coverage. To my Giants fans out there, I'm so, so sorry. touched on everything at this point we've got college football we've touched on the nfl we've touched on fantasy we got we got natural selection in there we had harry's heisman hopefuls we've touched on everything right now but wait we've got one thing left don't we yes we do we have one thing left to do and that's what not to watch for this week harrison what do you think people should not be watching for this week in football I am going to use my what not to watch for. It's going to be one game this time. Last week it was three games. One game. But this time I am going to say the Notre Dame and Wake Forest. Okay. Yes. Notre Dame is number eight in the top 25. 
I, I just don't think it's going to be that a uh, very good game to watch, and I don't think I, I don't think anything is going to change. Okay. I think it's going to be like another twenty four and like sixteen. Okay, score. Yeah. so it's yeah. you, it's just going to be another yeah. rehash. Yeah, another rehash, another repeat. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. Well, this Unless one something can change, but that's what, yeah. This one, Harrison, specifically, I've picked out for you. Okay, this week the Raiders go to Miami to take on the Dolphins, and my what not to watch for for this week, Harrison, do not watch for the first win of the second John Gruden era <laughs> in Oakland. This Raiders team does not look good. Derek Carr looked fantastic. Mm-hmm. He only had three incompletions in that game. Yeah. In that yeah. last game, but uh, I don't know, man. Uh, John Gruden would say, I, I don't know, man. Come on, I mean, man. If they, do, if they do go zero and three, then I am rethinking my Super Bowl. I would already be yeah. thinking oh, it I'm already. Point. I'm already, yeah. yeah. I mean, they're zero and two already, so I'm already right. just kind of like, do I go with... Yeah, I'm going with someone else, but not yet. I don't know who yet, but... Yeah, no, I I would, yeah. I, I mean, would as good as Carr that. was last week, I just, that defense is not very good. They miss Khalil Mack. They really miss Khalil Mack. John Gruden won't tell you that. No. They no. really miss Khalil Mack, and I just, I don't see him getting it done this week. This is a Dolphins team that knocked off the Titans. In seven guess, hours and ten minutes. Yeah, and, and given it was seven <laughs> hours and ten minutes, but they did knock off They're, That is the true, Titans. yeah. So yeah. those are what not to watch for for this week, Harrison saying, Stay away from that Notre Dame-Wake Forest game. It's going to be just another ugly slop fest. If you wanted to see that game, you could have seen it three times already. I mean, you're welcome to watch it if you're a Wake Forest fan, if you think they're going to win or something. All right, if you think think the Demon Deacons got a chance. If you're like Natalie in natural selection, you think the Demon Deacons got this when they go and tune in. But for Harrison, I am Tyler Eaton. Huge thank you to John Alden for joining us to talk about some college football. Big thank you for Natalie coming back and doing natural selection once again. This has been the third episode now of the Nickel and Dime podcast. If you are listening slash watching on YouTube, please click the like button and subscribe. If you're listening somewhere else, give us a follow. Whatever the platform offers, drop one for us. We would really appreciate that. Let us know that you are watching. And now, as Michael Scott would say, we'll catch you on the flippity flip. <laughs>